Is, is anybody just excited to be at church this weekend? I am thrilled. God. I can just feel God moving this weekend in this service, and we are so excited that you're here. Now, you may not know this, but the first automobile was introduced to America in 18, uh, 1893. Between 1899 and 1909, nearly 500 different automakers tried to capitalize on the future of this incredible feat of transportation engineering. But, but by 1913, most of those companies were already out of business because that December, Henry Ford, his assembly lines mass produced and moved out 75% of the world's automobiles, quite literally running the competition off the road and out of business before they even had an opportunity to get their engines started. But there was only one problem, even for Mr. Ford. The Ford engine ran on gas, which was not readily available at pumps like it is today. Without the ability to easily fuel up, Ford's ambition would run out of gas before it ever even reached its destination. Why would people who lived in areas where gas was not easily available, why would they even want a Ford? And why would anyone plan a long trip unsure if they were able to fill up their tanks along the way, right? Fortunately for us, right, drive-in gas stations uh, started popping up. The first one opened in 1913. Now, prior to this momentous grand opening, most people purchased their fuel at gas, uh, uh, sorry, at, uh, at pharmacies or blacksmith shops, or they transport it home in their cars. And actually, uh, I was going to tell this story a little later on in my message, but I'll go ahead and tell it now. It's just we're talking about being filled with joy today. Uh, my dad, he had this fun thing he liked to do when we were growing up called work days, right? Uh, and literally, even if we had our friends coming over, he would say, if your friends aren't going to work in the yard tomorrow, they can't spend the night tonight, okay? We'll talk about that later. It's a different counseling session for a different weekend, okay? But... There was one day we were doing yard work and me, my mom, and my brother, we got sent to the gas station to get gas and we took mom's van and I'm like 11. I'm in the back seat and, and Mike and mom were up front and I'm holding the gas can. We're in the van so we couldn't put it in the back and I'm holding the gas can and this was my first revelation that gas smelled good. And so, yeah, some of y'all know where this is going and it's worse than you think. All right, so I'm sitting there with gas and I'm... That smells good. And by the end, I'm doing this. First, because it smells good, and I feel real good, okay? Your boy's getting high as could be in the back seat, all right? I didn't know that. It was the best time I've ever had mowing the yard, all right? I don't, I don't think I got any great. The, the lawnmower might not have been on. I don't know. I'm just, my dad realizes something is amiss, and so he asks me, and I'm like, I've just been smelling this gas. Dad, it smells so good. And he I don't know why, he like freaked out on me, don't ever do that again, whatever, but I didn't really understand why I shouldn't. Well, a couple of days later, my dad goes to pick up a visiting pastor uh, from the church that, that we were at originally in Louisiana, and uh, so he goes, I see my opportunity to go out and visit my red friend, all right? And so I go out in the garage, and I have on gym shorts and no shirt, I'm, I'm 11, and I go out there and I just, uh, I, I, I start smelling gas, right? And 
and listen, even to this day, I've never tasted alcohol, right? I've never, except for NyQuil, which that doesn't count, NyQuil, and uh, I've never tasted alcohol or smoked or done any drugs, right, at all. Uh, but I got high that day, okay? I'm in the garage and, and I start smelling this gas. And again, I'm wearing shorts, no shirt. And then all of a sudden I open my eyes and I'm wearing overalls. And I'm wearing a straw hat. And I have a piece of straw come out of my mouth. And there's hay everywhere in the garage. And I look over and the gas can also has on overalls. And he has the Kool-Aid man's face on his face and he has a hat on and he has straw on and we're having the best time. We're just talking, we're just vibing, we're having a good time. And then I hear my dad pull up and I look out and I can tell my dad's angry because his face is taking up the whole windshield, right? <laughs> him and the pastor's face. And I'm like, oh man. So I look at the gas can, I'm like, shh, don't tell him. And I'm walking over there, I'm trying to play it cool. I'm walking over there and all of a sudden I'm thinking, He's going to see my overalls and know I've smelled the gas, okay? All right, listen, we're going to talk about feeling filled with joy today, different than that, all right? Because, hey, the first driving gas stations, they were developed in, by the Pittsburgh Gulf Company, and not only so that gas owners could easily fill up, right, but it also jump-started another American institution, right, which was the, 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 the map, the map, which, again... If, if some of you guys got somewhere using one of these things, you're a genius. You're a genius, okay? The, we're not getting smarter if this is what y'all had to do, okay? But, but actually, the first map, uh, road map like this was sold at the first gas station. I'm not even positive I can get this folded back up, all right? That's where I'm at with this thing. I, I literally, I don't know how y'all got places, but I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. If this was it, we wouldn't be going on vacation in the Stevens household. There's no question at all, right? But journeys have to have a launch place, and they also have to have a place of landing. Road trips, they need gas, right? They need map, and of course, road trips need road. But our lives, they also need recharge, and they need a destination. But too many people, too many of us, Christ followers, we struggle with a place the space in between our launch place and our destination place. Our launch place being our, our, the beginning of our relationship with God and the destination being eternity whenever we go to be with Jesus, but we miss out on a supercharged day-to-day -day life. And it doesn't have to be that way. Over the last month, we've been filling up and plugging in to one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. The most famous passage written by King David in Psalms 23. And remember the challenge for this series was to memorize this passage as a family. So I have JL, my daughter, is going to come out and help me. She has this memorized. We're going to do it together. You got to give JL a hand. Come on out here. All right. You want to say hi? Hello. All right. So, so some, one, one of the things that we do, how we'll memorize scripture or things like that, is we'll take turns. So I'll say a word, she'll say a word. And so she has it memorized. But just to showcase how we, how we do those things at our house, we figured we would do that. You ready? Yeah. Is it off? No, no, I can't. Hey, you got it. You got it. You're genius. All right. So Psalm 23, you ready? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He 
Leads. Me. Beside. Quiet. Waters. He. Refreshes. My. Soul. He. Leads. Me. Along. The. Right. Path. For. His. Name. Sake. Even. Though. I. Walk. Through. The. Valley. Of. Darkness. I. Will. Fear. No. Evil. Because. You. Are. With. Me. Your. Rod. And. Your. Staff. They. Comfort. Me. <laughs> I was just so proud of you. It got my mind thinking of the other things. Rod your staff. They comfort me. You. That's my fault. Um, anoint. My. You anoint. My. Head. With. Oil. My. Cup. What? Oh. Oh. That's my fault. You. <laughs> Prepare. Here's what I don't need. <laughs> Tell you right now, there's enough sass right here. Well, yeah, I said last service because y'all were both sassing me last service too. Okay, so you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint, anoint my head with oil. My cup runs overflows. Same thing. No, it's just a different it's not. translation. It's not. not it's not. The you. Same thing. <laughs> You're eating my time. Surely. <laughs> surely. Your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Way to go. A spiritual gift of sass. She got it from her mother. All right. So this week we're going to focus on verse 6, right? But before we get into verse 6, we've been talking about the whole time, this whole series, when it's time for a recharge, return to the one in charge. Can I just stop? Parents, you can do that. Families, you can do that. You can memorize scripture. I'm telling you. Take some time out of whatever the radio station is, whatever song you're singing, and just go back and forth. Bam, 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 bam. You can do it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you you can do it. So either way, I was going to have River up here too, but you could see just with one of them. All right. Both of them take the whole sermon. All right. So, hey, let's pray real quick. And uh, but before, I want to really target how we're going to pray. This right here is a summer fun box. And if you don't know, we're having summer fun right now, which is, which is just a, a, a really special time of equipping for our kids. And what's special about this box is yesterday we had a, a family fun and equipping time at all of our campuses. But this is a win your world box. And families could buy them for $5. And what it does is it equips the kit to go and win their world. It equips the kid to go and invite people to church, tell them about Jesus, go and invite them to do summer fun at their home, which is absolutely unbelievable. Equipping kids right now to share God's story and to win their world. Can we just celebrate our kids doing that? That's amazing. That's amazing. Amazing. But I, wanna, I just want to take some time and pray. I, I just pray that during Summer Fun, parents, you realize you are the primary developer of your kids. And if you think you can't, listen, God wouldn't have given them to you if he didn't know that you could. 
You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or what's been done to you. God wouldn't bring you to something that he wouldn't bring you through. We believe in you, but more important than that, God believes in you. And so let's pray, not just for marriages and for moms and dads and grandparents and step-parents, everybody, but also our kids. They'd be filled with the Holy Spirit that they would take this church to places that we never dreamed it would go, that we would start with 1% of the state of Tennessee, and then they would go on to see revival around the world, something amazing. So let's pray for them right now. God, we come before you, and we, we just give our kids to you. God, we, we, right now, we are just uh, more managers. God, we will give an account for what we did with what you gave us. And the most precious gift you gave us it wasn't our income, it's not our career, but it's those kids, it's our family. And so, God, right now, whether we have kids or not in the room, we are praying, God, for safety. We're praying for provision. God, we're praying for a filling, for power, for gifts of the Spirit to fall on homes. I pray that parents lead their kids to Jesus during this next week, that kids will invite their friends into their homes, and they would experience your love and your peace. God, there is so much power in your name, Jesus. And I pray that the kids would lead the way and we wouldn't get in the way and we would see revival. We love you so much. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to welcome you. Just one more time. Are you excited to be at church? I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I want to welcome our campuses, all of our churches, God behind bars. If you're watching live or you're watching later, I pray that this series has challenged and charged you like it has me. And before we go into, into the scripture, I want to just reiterate something we said during the hosting, and that's Win Leadership College. I've seen a lot of young adults at all of our campuses uh, this, this service, and I, I, just feel, I just feel called to tell you, hey, you're meant for so much. You're meant to win your world. And so if you're in high school, middle school, young adult, senior saint, if you feel called for more, you feel called to make a greater impact. With, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of equipping to send you out to win your world, win leadership college. So if you're interested, let us know. If you have questions, let us know. We, we just know that we need supernatural leaders to go out and to win our world. So I want to encourage you also, if you missed any of the messages in this series, we've been going through Psalms 23. I want to encourage you to check them out on the app or online. They really have been super, super powerful. Just use them as fill-ups for your quiet time this week as you are going through. So this week we're talking about verse 6, right? Verse 6, which surely your love and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that word surely, surely is an adverb right there in the Hebrew, and what it does is it describes whatever word comes after it, it, it describes it as certain, secure, or definite in every way. So whenever you see that word surely in the Old Testament, it's describing that about whatever comes after it. So David says, surely your love and your mercy, your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. So what David is wanting to communicate is that, sure, is, is that he is certain, secure, and definite in every way that God's goodness and love will follow him all the days of his life. He's sure about it. What about us? 
Could we use, I mean, if we think about it, could we use this sort of guarantee in our life? I mean, I don't know about you, but the world is trying to heap so much doubt on, our, on this Bible, on our walk with God, on the reality of the power of our Lord, trying to heap this on. Could we, could we use the power of this promise that His love and His goodness will follow us all the days of our life? What if we were charged up? What if we were filled up with that guarantee and we believed it? What places in your life right now that seem out of reach? What little things that seem out of range because you're not enough or God doesn't believe in you, which are lies? But what are those places that you could go to? What relationship could you restore? What person could you pursue if you believed what God said about you? And David doesn't just stop there. That same word, surely, that brings certainty, security, and definite in every way also applies to the second part of that verse. And surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what he says. And can I just tell you this? Just, just, just as an understanding of Scripture, that David is not just talking about in eternity. He's talking about right now. Listen, man of God, woman of God, if you're a believer, we have to stop living for someday. And we have to stop looking past today where you can live as a charged up, a filled up, supernatural, spirit-filled believer. That's available for you right now. When Jesus taught us how to pray in Luke 11, in Matthew chapter 6, he didn't tell us to pray that the kingdom of God would come someday. He told us to pray because it's here today through how we live our lives. In Matthew 6, when Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he says this in Matthew, Matthew 6, 10 and 11. He tells us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. This is an active right now kind of thing. The world is looking everywhere for hope, looking everywhere for reality, looking everywhere for power, and they should find it in spirit-filled, loving believers. Now, I've I've went, I'm going to kind of go off script here a little bit because I won't get to the things I really want to talk to you about, but there's a guy named Apostle, uh, the Apostle Paul, and it goes through in Corinthians, it goes through a lot of the stuff that he went through in 2 Corinthians. And I'd encourage you to read that this week. I was going to read it to you, but I, I won't be able to cover the other things I want to get to today. So in, in 2 Corinthians 11, it walks through everything that Paul went through, that he was beaten, that he was stoned, that he was shipwrecked. He was naked and cold and hungry. All the things that he went through. And he went through it for the sake of the gospel. The whole purpose, the reason that he suffered was because there were people who didn't know God. And But the reason I wanted to set this up for you is because we can read a little bit later uh, in the book of Timothy... Paul talking to one of his friends, Timothy, somebody he raised up. But just let's set the stage because Paul went through so much, so much. People hated him, wanted to kill him, disagreed with him, crazy things. I really encourage you to read it. But yet we see him 
draw Timothy into not just a relationship with Jesus, but ministry for Jesus. Not just saying he's a Christian and praying a prayer and going to church every once in a while, but going out and leading people older than him, wiser than him, going after him because it was worth it. And Paul says it was worth it even after he's been brutalized by the world's standards because he didn't live by the world's standards. Let me read just a little bit of what Paul said to Timothy. In, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, he tells to Timothy, uh, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame, pour a little gas on the gift of God, which was given to you by the laying on of my hands. Again, Paul didn't just, Paul didn't just get beating and then like, hey, Timothy, you really should do something else and just serve at church. You should, really, you should really be an investment banker so that your, your future is secure and just serve and FP kids when you have time. He didn't say that. He said, I'm going to lay my hands on you. You're going to receive gifts. You're going to receive power, and you're going to be used everywhere you go. Right now, he's pastoring in a church in Ephesus. He's younger than the people that he's ministering to. But Paul's saying, brother, it doesn't get any better. Will they punch you some? Sure. Will they throw rocks at you every once in a while? Totally. But it's worth it. A little bit later, Paul, Paul when he's talking to him, he's saying that God is able to keep this deposit. And what's that deposit that he's talking about? The deposit that he's talking about is the love of Jesus, the purpose to win the world to God. What, that, that God is able to keep them safe. And when I say them safe, I'm not talking about their physical bodies. I'm talking about what matters even more. Not what people think about them, but something that matters even more. Not their 401k, but something that matters even more. Their eternal impact. That Christ is able to keep that no matter what the world does. And I, again, I also want to encourage you, especially young adults, read First and Second Timothy. This guy, your age, leading the church, doing amazing things. But today, I just feel so led to give you two steps. Two steps that's going to build what we call a win-the-world, a win-win culture in your life. Because everywhere you go, the conversations you have, the people you're around, there, there should be a drawing in to the world around you being one to God. The first step I want to encourage you to take this week is involving your walk with God. And that is this, what is next, right? Asking yourself, what is next for your walk with God? And this is, this is what I want to ask you to do. Be filled with joy. What is next for your walk with God? To be filled with joy. Can I ask you right now, do you live consistently filled with joy? Is there an area of your life that it has this root of bitterness or division or unforgiveness, or hey, maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just of indifference. Maybe you get your screen time report every week like I do, and it's a little depressing. Because you disassociate from your calling to win the world to scroll on TikTok. And you realize, even this is not, this is not me, this is, like, this is neuroscience, that that leads to more depression. 
We are to be filled with, but we have to choose to be filled with joy. Listen, it, I, I know I, I am a pretty happy guy. I do not wake up filled with joy. I get up about 4.45 or 5 every morning to go to the gym, and I've been doing that for about 15 years now. You would think at some point you get used to it. At some point you start, stop hating yourself for it. No, you do not. 15 years of it. I, I, I'm, I, can I just tell you, I have to choose joy. The natural flow of my emotions and all that does not flow to the positive. It does not flow to the, to the happy. But Nehemiah 8.10 says right there at the end, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I have a God to honor. I have a wife to honor. I have kids to protect and lead for. I have a church to lead. You have so much, you have too much to do to be filled with anything else besides the joy of the Lord to power through and lead, away, lead the way for a depressed world, amen? That's who we're called to be. So first you have what is next in your walk with God. It's to be filled with joy. And the next one I want to encourage you with is this. What, who is next? You have what is next. You have who is next. Who is next for you to impact for eternity? So can I ask you, who is someone that you need to charge with what's been given you? And I, when I say charge, I'm not talking about run at them. I'm talking about when they're around you, there's something different about you. Whenever I go out to eat, I, first of all, I love going out to eat because I love to eat. But second of all, when I go out to eat and they always ask, hey, how you doing? They're supposed to ask. I say, I'm amazing. I'm amazing, right? And I, I've heard it at least 10 times. I've never heard anybody say that. I was like, yeah, you haven't waited on anybody like me, right? It, isn't everybody just constantly negative? Or when you say, I'm amazing, I'm amazing. There was a noise and it scared me. When it, you say, I'm amazing. Right? If I have a male server and they're married, it's usually negative. I love my wife. Is it because she's perfect? No, because I love her because God told me to love her like Christ loved the church. I love my kids. I love being able to go to work. I love being able to love on this person. There's something different. There should be something attractional in this world. In this world, sure, there's more pressure on Christianity than ever before, but there's more depression, there's more darkness, and when people are around you, there should just be this charge, this we speak life over people, we care for people. Gosh, it's like every time you get the opportunity, you bring up God's story because you're living for who is next. Who is next in your life? I pray this scripture over you almost every day, and I don't think there's ever been a service where it fits more perfectly. Every day I pray for the lost and our burden for them. And one of the verses I pray is Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. A lot of us, our walk with God feels like theory and not reality. Well, if we would walk with the joy he asked us to, and we would live a life focused on others experiencing God's love, do what he's called us to do, we would experience a lot more of his presence. So actually, in this time of response, we're gonna sing an amazing song. And here's what I'm gonna ask. I, I believe there's a lot of you, right now, you need to be at all of our camps, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with that power, with that joy. And there's going to be prayer members up front who want to pray with you. 
can I just beg you? Maybe you don't even know what to pray. Maybe you just know that you know that you know that there's more for your life than where you're living. Will you, what, what do you have to lose? Come up. Let us pray for you. It says in Acts 1-8 that whenever the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. And you will be the witness of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's your heritage. That's your calling. That's who you were made to be. Don't leave living a normal life. That's not you, man of God. That's not you, woman of God. And surely, your love and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Will you stand at all of our campuses and let's pray together. God, we come before you right now and we're so grateful that we pray you hear us. God, we have an opportunity to respond right now. And I pray that there's people who come up to the altar and they receive prayer. Or maybe they just kneel down and say, God, I want all you have for me. God, I want all you have for me. God, I want all you have for me. I want the, the, the peace and the joy and the power and the anointing. And I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not someday, but today. God, I pray that people walk out with such joy and such smiles and such eternity-altering anointing. Not just for them and their family but for every who is next, every person they come in contact with. God, we love you. So you're precious and we pray. Amen. At this time, let's respond.